0: So, hello guys, sorry it's been a hot minute about not coming back on here. Um, things have been a little bit crazy with uni and exam season and Christmas and New Year, and then a complete reverse policy from our government yet again. Um, so I don't really, I don't really have an excuse to be honest, just life, that was my excuse. Um, but yeah, so basically, um, obviously, because I've had a lot of time off, I've had a lot of time to think about the sorts of things I want to go forward and talk about, um, and I was thinking the other day, um, when I was thinking about setting up my PT business, which, if you don't know, I've literally just started doing my level two to become a PT, um, I've been thinking about it for so long, and I just decided, you know, what? why not, like, I'm going to have to get out of my own head, stop judging myself, stop thinking, worrying about what other, other people will think of me, because at the end of the day, I have literally been involved in sports since I was about five years old. And if anybody would be a decent PT, I believe I would be one. I study sport psych at uni, um, and I think it's an appropriate time to get the qualification. Um, but within that, obviously, because I do study a lot of sports psychology, I was thinking about, you know, how, how am I different? to every other PT out there. How am I different to your general fitness gurus, influencers, people that claim to know what they're going on about and quite frankly, not a single one of them has any qualification, um, other than that they just look nice in a pair of leggings, Um, which is not a bad thing, but don't kind of be made to feel very distressed by people who just have good genetics um, as to why you don't look the way they do when you're doing everything. Um, So I guess that led me thinking and I really, really do want to keep the um, whole psychology side of it really involved because the thing that I've learned, and I don't know if it's ironically or if it's actually quite logical really, um, is that since I left gymnastics, I have made a vow to myself and to my happiness and to my mental health to never ever assign myself to one thing in life ever again and I'll tell you why. So, um, when I obviously was involved in gymnastics, gymnastics was very much my entire identity. Um, I didn't think I was very good at anything else. Um, I didn't think I was capable of anything else. All I knew is that I absolutely adored gymnastics and would do it day in, day out, every single day if I could. I had no issues (laughs) with Wake it eventually when I actually woke up. I had no issues with waking up at half five in the morning to go morning training. I had Absolutely no issues with missing school. I have absolutely no issues with the injuries um, Like I literally stayed there until you know doctors and myself was like you cannot do this anymore and um, you are getting too injured and you're getting too injured mentally And it's really funny because I was listening to a podcast um, from Joe Rogan and Miley Cyrus and she was talking about how she is spoken to by a lot of, um, well, they're not psychologists, like doctors really, like actual um, neuroscientists and they talk to her about her brain and how you should protect your brain like you protect your physical health. So like somebody that needs or somebody that is under a lot of stress all the time needs to be looking after their brain more and needs to be better at those stress coping mechanisms um and they she often said that she obviously in herself is not an elite athlete but the neuroscientists that work with her often work with a lot of elite athletes because the she is put under the same sort of stress as they would be you know having to be, perform all the time needing to take care of your body needing to be able to do it longevity wise um and i thought that was really interesting because that's not something we're really taught a lot especially in sport it's very much like uh, if you can't do it, you're weak, which is frustrating, and don't get me wrong, there are some, a lot of individual differences, so recently I was reading a paper about how perfectionism as a concept is multi-dimensional, so you can have a negative aspect of perfectionism and positive aspects of perfectionism, and the positive aspects of perfectionism, you know, things like high standards, um, just kind of pushing for yourself like really striving for the best but not solely f- focusing on that itself is more associated with the better benefits of perfectionism which is like more successful training more motivated more training adherence all that kind of good stuff and obviously the negative aspects being like fear of failure which was a massive one for me in gymnastics um this kind of you don't want to look stupid you don't want to make any mistakes Um, doubting yourself, and these negative aspects of the same concept, perfectionism, are associated with worry, anxiety, and depression. And it's not hard to then therefore see, not where I went wrong, but how individuals can then take a very sudden turn in the sport that they loved. Because often things that we're obsessed with, and I mean like nearly a clinical obsession, you tend to find a lot of athletes are... I would say borderline clinically obsessed with the sport they do if, if they reach a brilliant level um, and a really high achieving level, um, you tend to find that you can suddenly take this turn. So my issue was that my entire being and my entire presence on this earth was being a gymnast because growing up, you know, other things come into play. I I was bullied a lot as a kid you know, like, I really, really wasn't well-liked, or at least my perception very early on in my, I would say, kind of, like, later childhood, i.e. like, 12, 13, maybe a little, maybe between, like, 10 and 13, and also in, kind of, like, your mid-teens, there was a lot of things that happened that I, you know, I... I just wasn't well-liked at all. I was always kind of, you know, you're the weirdo that leaves school and, like, do you actually, are you actually ever at school? And you're not even that good, like, unless you're on the Olympic team, then why are you leaving school? And, like I say, all that kind of contributed to a, a negative outlook on myself. And then, obviously, teachers as well. Not all teachers, but teachers wouldn't necessarily help when they would, you know, I wouldn't do very well on quizzes or, that was American, on class tests, <laughs> Um and they'd be like, well, if you just stop training all the time and you actually came to school, then you might do quite well. And all of a sudden, it was like the dynamics in my life and what I wanted were being skewed. And it's part of an argument where, as a culture, we... Say to people, you know, focus on your education, you need to get a good job, you need money, you need to get a house, you need to be moving forward, you need to be having a baby by the time you're mid-twenties, you'll need to be, you know, like, you need to have travelled, like, there's a kind of, like, an older generation expectation thing, you know, of, like, are you sat on your ass all day, or are you actually going out and doing your job? And there's kind of like a, an hour generation thing that's like, well, have you been traveling? And no one ever says it, but it's like, have you been traveling? Do you get up and go? Do you, have you got the nicest car? Have you expanded and gone into something? You know, like, are you not just at a university level, but have you kind of gone above and beyond that university level? So there are a lot of different expectations coming from all over. And, and like I say, I, I was kind of using it as an example that that never seems to go away or turn off disappear. That is constantly there. So you can imagine, you know, now fortunately it's kind of like a double-edged sword now because I have left home. Well, I did leave home and then coronavirus happened and now I'm back at home. But if everything had gone to plan, I'd left home, right? But back then when I was 13, 14, 15, and all I ever wanted to do in the world was gymnastics. And it, I don't want to say it's quite a secluded and isolated bubble, kind of like in a bad way, because I was quite happy doing that. That's fine. But it also has its downsides, because that's all I did. That's all I associated with. That's it. And in the first few weeks of even being in year one at university, we had a lecturer about kind of, um, anxiety and kind of more clinical disorders within elite sports persons, And it really, sh- well, it didn't, it didn't shock me. It made me laugh more than anything because I was like, it's so obvious. Why did I not see it? And there is this really quite a big association with athletes that have this very limited view of themselves, this very limited view on, who they are, what they are, their identities, what they're interested in, what they're good at, what they're bad at, their hobbies, you know, anything outside of their sport, if they are relatively low, then you tend to find that they are more susceptible to, not succumbing, but succumbing, to disorders such as depression, anxiety, and all these different types of things. um, Kind of like affective disorders and things like that. um. So it always leads me to this question and it's not so much a question, it's more of like a justification in my mind. Um, But it's also very hard because I secretly am still that, you know, like 12 year old girl, 12 year old gymnast inside that just wants to go to the Olympics. Like that is still very much a part of how I live every single day. And I believe a really large part of why my OCD really came to light just after I'd finished gymnastics um, and that, kind of, like, big trauma of that period of my life. Um, And it's why I will never, and although my brain is literally wired to do this, it's why I try as hard as I can to not give it what it wants and be like, yes, I will assign myself to do this and be this one thing only. And, like I say, sport is a really special context because it provides us with this unique perspective. You know, no one, nowhere else in the world, in terms of studying psychology, do you have this random group of people who seem really obsessed with doing the same thing over and over again every single day, um, who sometimes can attract some pretty dark personality types, um, sometimes can attract some really quite um, driven and motivating personality types. You don't really tend to find that anywhere else in the workplace, in kind of, in in a cultural aspect, so in, in a country in its entirety. You don't really tend to find that. So while sport is good, and even if you don't do sport, I can still, this is still a concept you can generalize to your area. So when I say not getting involved in anything for one reason, one reason only i mean that as well on the basis of relationships of careers of uh gosh hobbies of sport of um what else can we think of just any just any sort of it's not even an interest it's just an action just doing the same thing over and over again isn't good for you <laughs> And I don't know if you'll know this, but a lot of elite athletes are verging on the line of clinical. And that's not to say it's a bad thing in terms of doing a sport. I'm really not trying to tell people to, you know, don't do sport. Don't focus on one thing and put your energy into it and make it the best thing, because it could be the best thing that ever happened to you, but you need to keep that idea of self-perspective and personality and identities as wide as you can, because whilst you may strive at one thing amazingly, I was pretty good at gymnastics from a really young age. To be honest, I was just a bit of a daredevil, so I would just do whatever, and I used to like to do things badly because it would make me laugh. Um, <laughs> but when that kind of imploded on itself, I was devastated. There was absolutely nothing that anybody could do or say that made it any better. And to this day, it still sometimes affects me. I remember crying—big shock—in um in the changing rooms in first year, sat with um one of the girls from weightlifting, Neve, um, and she and. You could just see, like, on her face, she was like, Anishki, you're getting way too involved in this sport, like, really early on. And I was just really upset because I was so injured because of my shoulders. um, And I was like, I was like I'm not going to make the English. Again, it's just, like, another example of me not getting to exactly where I should have been and what I'm capable of. And it just reminded me, and it was, like, opening that old emotional wound of the fact that all I ever wanted in life was to be a gymnast and I got so injured that I had to stop for the benefit and the better of my health. Um, so I don't want it to be almost like a rant. I just want it to, I, I, want it, I guess I want it to be descriptive of why you pouring your heart and soul into one thing and one thing only can be a bad thing. So I'm, again, like I say, that's not to say I'm not discouraging anybody from going and chasing and, you know, setting up their own business, like crying out loud. I've literally just set up my own business and it's all I do, all day, every day. It's all I ever think about. Um, But I do also now allow myself time to step back and do other things. I love to draw. I'm not very good at it, but I love to draw. I love to take up new things, start playing my ukulele until I put it on my wall because I thought it looked cooler than I will ever be able to play. Um, I love fashion, I love photography, I love loads of different things. Um, and I'm also interested in a lot of different things. And I'm interested in a lot of psychological things, I'm interested in a lot of personal well being things. Luckily, my siblings are quite diverse as well. Um, so in terms of what we talk about when I'm with them, it's not a case of constantly coming back to the same thing. My sister, for example, um, is a vet in training. So that's always interesting to learn about a new animal I've never heard of or get a cute picture of a puppy at work. That's always a good thing. Um, my brother is studying uh, architecture in New Zealand and has just got accepted onto his master's, uh, which is incredible. So any chance I can have from him to you know, talk down to me about the, uh, the, the, I don't know, the founding fathers of architecture, he will tell me. Um, and like I say, that is really interesting. Unless you are in a car with him, driving through Wellington, and he will repeatedly point out the buildings he has helped construct. Less, less, uh, fun. And his fiancee can vouch for me on that one. Um, but even like my cousin, my cousin is a fashion designer and has been featured in like Sony uh, mobile phone adverts, so like her clothes have been worn by the models that have been using that phone. Um, and she's been in Italian Vogue. She's been in, uh, a, I believe it was a BBC or an ITV series. Um, so we're quite lucky that we're really quite diver- diverse and I don't have to always come back to that thing. But it is, it is completely heartbreaking When that one thing that you want more than anything in your life, no longer serves a purpose anymore. And I read this quote the other day, and I don't remember what it was was, word for word, but it was to the effect of, sometimes you can't let go of the thing that's hurting you most, because it was the only thing that was bringing you joy at one point in time. And I think that's really important to remember, because that can be so true, especially in the current climate, You've got to learn to recognise when something is doing you more harm than good. It could be a person, it could be a hobby, it could be anything. But you need to learn when it is causing you more harm and you need to be selfish. Other people may expect it from you. Other people may want you to do it because it makes them feel better about themselves or they like seeing you do it but that's not the point at the end of the day, that's when... Like I say, you have to make that decision. And again, like in this Joe Rogan and Miley Cyrus podcast, they were talking about how often people judge you because, or people lash out at you because they expect you to affirm their values in themselves. So if you say like, oh, if you come across quite cold to them, it'd be like, well, usually people tell me I'm a lovely person and and I don't understand why you're not saying I'm a lovely person. So, and you can see it's quite insecure. So you do have to take those steps for yourself and put yourself first and remember that you are the most important thing and you will find other things. The best thing I ever did was stop in gymnastics when I did and it's heartbreaking as it is for the process but longevity, I have found more times being happier alive this side of gymnastics than I have being in gymnastics and that is the most important lesson.